Sam Horn threw a football yesterday, everybody, although not without some drama. But also, Missouri, even longer odds than yesterday to win the SEC tournament. What the heck is going on over at FanDuel? Well, let's talk about all that and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started and of course so much Missouri basketball to get to in the next couple weeks here and and hopefully beyond that hopefully Missouri is dancing uh, for a long time but you know what I want to start with football here because it turns out Sam Horn can indeed still throw a football so that's the good news the bad news well at least according to Gerard Hamilton of Power Mizzou. I'm just going to quote Gerard here. During 10-yard passing drills, quarterback Sam Horn was still making the passes, but I seen him wince a little and briefly grab his forearm. Obviously, it's the injury is about 9 to 10 days old. This is just my update. He was still pretty accurate in the drill, so there's that. And you know what? Let's get even a little bit more context here. From Dave Matter of the of the Post Dispatch, he says the plan for now is for Horn to gradually return to baseball activity after the spring game on March 18th. Steve Beiser told or Beezer, excuse me, told reporters the other day that he could start throwing in four to six weeks and could come out of the bullpen or ramp up to become a starter. This is this kind of arm pain is not new for Horn. As I wrote this week, he usually experiences this kind of discomfort early in the baseball season as his arm makes the transition from throwing a football to a baseball. His camp was relieved he was able to detect the pain without throwing another pitch on Saturday, but they'll monitor him closely so he doesn't do any damage to his arm. So again, the good news here is football-wise, it seems like Horn is back. But some arm pain here that, according to Dave Matter, just part of the transition, I suppose. I got to be honest, that doesn't totally assuage all of my fears about this situation. But what are you going to do if you're Missouri? Honestly, are you going to tell Sam Horn if you're Eli Drinkwitz, hey, buddy, you're a football player, no more of this baseball stuff? Well, that's just not realistic. Sam Horn thinks he has a chance to play Major League Baseball, and he could well be right based on a limited sample size we've seen here so far at Missouri. The guy can throw 96, 97 miles an hour. Looks like he's getting a pretty good breaking pitch going as well, at least one of them. So considering how inexperienced he really is, and considering, well, some some lists have had Sam Horn as a pretty interesting high school pitching prospect course those kind of prospects are, are rather volatile to say the least but at the same time if you're Sam Horn why would you be ready to give up on this dream yet he's not going to so you got to manage this the best you possibly can and if you're Eli Drinkwitz just hope for luck 
This is definitely a reason, one of many reasons, I would say, but a pretty major reason why Horn is at Missouri is Drinkwitz's willingness to let him play baseball. So unfortunately, all of this situation is part of that inherent risk, but I think that's a chance if you're Drinkwitz, it's one you got to take every single time. There aren't that many top 100 players that are quarterbacks that have come to Missouri in the last few years, so you got to take them when you can get them at the most important position in the sport. And by the way, if you listened to yesterday's program, you'll know that I pointed out Missouri, in my opinion, way too long of odds over at FanDuel Sportsbook to win the SEC tournament. Missouri yesterday was 26-1 to to win the conference tournament. And to me, I just thought that was ridiculous, especially when you compare it to other teams. Well, normally when I say these types of things, my friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook listen to me and actually correct the odds. But instead, they've decided to thumb their nose at me, your Missouri podcaster. And frankly, I'm insulted. But you know what? We're going to take advantage of it anyway. Missouri is now 30-1 to to win the SEC tournament. I got to say I'm stunned, especially when you compare it to especially the Tennessee Volunteers who are just under 4-1 to one at plus 380 to win the tournament. That means that Missouri has more than, has just about a little bit under 10 times the odds that Tennessee does, even though Missouri has a buy, by the way. Tennessee does not, and likely Missouri and Tennessee will play on Friday. And listen, I get it. The metrics, the forward-looking stuff, Ken Palm, they love the Volunteers. Best defense in the country. Top five team, according to their metrics. But, by the way, one that Missouri Stroll was able to score 85 points on, but hey, still, a great defensive team, no doubt about it, and certainly an above-average offensive team, too. But having said all that, right now, Tennessee is getting a lot of credit for beating Kansas, for instance, by 14 on a neutral court, all the way back in November, and as well they should. But if I'm able to use my logic and not just and my eyeballs and not just the computer rankings from all the way that include a lot of stuff from back in November and December that isn't as relevant to now, especially without Zakai Ziegler, Tennessee's starting point guard. Well, he's been out. He's out for the season. He tore his ACL. He's been out the last couple games. And even before that, since... February 1st, the Volunteers are 4-6. and six. They've lost five in a row away from Thompson Bowling Arena, by the way, which is the fourth biggest venue in Division I basketball and a huge home court advantage for the Volunteers. Now, granted, I'm sure the Vols obviously are going to have tons of fans there in Nashville for this tournament. I'm guessing Tennessee and Kentucky will have the most fan support. But personally, I think that matters more on potentially Saturday and Sunday than a Friday afternoon against Mizzou. So to me, that's yet another advantage for the Tigers, not just a bye week, but again, or a bye game, a double bye, but a Friday afternoon game against Tennessee where you know there's not going to be quite as many volunteer fans as there would be if it was, say, a Friday night game at 8 o'clock or certainly on Saturday and Sunday if the Vols continue to advance. So to me, I understand the argument against Missouri. 
I just don't think it's that extreme where Missouri should be 30 to 1 and Tennessee again for example should be just about 4 to 1. Arkansas's 10 to 1. Does Arkansas have three times better of a chance than Missouri? I just don't think so. I understand the predictive metrics like those teams better, but to me, when you've got as good of an offensive team as Missouri does, winning three games in the row is not out of the question. Now, no one would argue that Dennis Gates has had a bad first season. Obviously, he's been incredibly successful this year, but I suppose the Dennis Gates skeptic, or at least a a devil's advocate, might say that, well, other coaches have had excellent first seasons at Missouri before, only to ultimately get fired a few years later. Well, I'm much more inclined to give Dennis Gates the benefit of the doubt, and I want to explain why coming up, but I also want to explain more about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook because this is the time of year, of course, where March Madness is everything, but we're also past the midway point of the NBA season. That's where that sport starts getting even more sexy as well, so you got to go to FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Everything from the money line to points scored to three-pointers drained. Heck, you can even combine those types of bets for a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. And for more of the Locked On content you've come to expect, check out the Locked On newsletter, lockedonpodcast.com slash newsletters, or scan the QR code on your screen if you're watching on YouTube. Customizable, localized stuff, everything you need, nothing you don't. It's the Locked On Podcast newsletter. Now, while it's certainly fair to say that Dennis Gates has not proven everything yet, right? To be fair, it is just one good year. One really, really surprisingly good year. And like I said before, a skeptic could easily say that Mizzou coaches have had good first years before only to fall off. Like Frank Haith, for instance, who had an incredible first year at Missouri, only to be gone just two seasons after that, Conzo Martin, well, a nice first season NCAA tournament appearance despite all of the Michael Porter Jr. drama, 
but obviously didn't totally work out with Conzo, and here we are starting once again with the Dennis Gates era. But in my humble opinion, just totally different circumstances there. Frank Haith, of course, took over basically what was a ready-made contender, a senior-laden group that had apparently soured a little bit on Mike Anderson at the end of his tenure. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. But a team that was very much motivated to prove everything in their last season at Missouri, some incredible all-time great type players and Marcus Denman on that on that team. So just an incredible group, a really fun group. But obviously, Haith was never able to recapture that magic in the first season. Sort of a similar thing for Conzo Martin, just one NCAA tournament appearance. After that, no victories. But once again, I'm just much more inclined to give Gates the benefit of the doubt because he started with so much less. What could have Gates have done, of course, with that 2011-2012 roster, of course, of which Phil Pressey, somebody who's on his staff, was a prominent member of? What could Dennis Gates have done with Jonte Porter and Jordan Barnett and Cassius Robertson and that team that was still pretty darn good even without Michael Porter Jr. Though I will say the end of the season, and I might just, I'll get to this at some point in the show, maybe today, maybe later in the week, but I think some people have forgotten just how thin Missouri was at the end of that 17-18 season. I also snuck over to Shiloh Bar and Grill on Monday night, just happened to catch the last 15 minutes of Tiger Talk, Mike Kelly steering the ship, Quite well, as he always does, but he was interviewing Kobe Brown and Nick Honor, and Mike Kelly asked Kobe what his biggest takeaway from his time, his, well, obviously brief time with Dennis Gates has been, and Kobe basically said that Dennis Gates tells you the truth. Whatever he tells you, like, he doesn't BS. He's, even if it sounds grandiose, if he sounds like he's whatever it is, He's, he's just an honest guy. He's somebody, obviously, that Kobe admires very much. And I think one thing that's very clear with Dennis Gates, he, the only thing I could even really criticize him for off the court is I thought a couple times, and I've mentioned this before, I don't think it's worth you know beating a dead horse or anything, but just in complete honesty and fairness, I thought there was a couple times regarding the Isaiah Mosley situation where I thought Gates's comments kind of, well, opened up a bit of a Pandora's box, especially after the Kansas game when instead of sticking with the the company line, if you will, not even saying that it's incorrect, I'm just saying that's what everybody was saying, that Isaiah Mosley was dealing with personal issues, right? Just private personal issues, nothing disciplinary or whatever, nothing related to basketball. But when Dennis said, hey, He's working on his transition of the program. I'm sorry that did open up a little bit of speculation from the outside. But if that's the worst thing that he did all year or ever does in his Missouri career, I think we'll be okay. And I think, if anything, he probably learned a little bit from that. But regardless of that, I think it's very clear that he cares about Isaiah Mosley. And I think he cares a great deal about all these young men. I don't think that's lip service. I think it's real. I really do. I feel that genuinely from him. And I think also Ben Sternberg, of course, the Missouri walk-on, just going to spend one year here at Missouri after a couple years 
with Gates at Cleveland State, following him all the way from Ohio. I, I just think that says a ton about Gates and what type of person that he is. So just everything there and, and all the stuff on the basketball court has obviously been incredibly encouraging as well. And all of it seems sustainable to me, especially when you look at the type of recruiting that he's already done and maybe can continue to even improve on, I would say. I think his assistants do a nice job of recruiting as well, in particular, Charlton Young. So I think it's all systems go from here on out for Missouri. I really do. I could be wrong. You never know what's going to happen in the future, but why not be bullish at this point? And you know what? Let's close this one out on a slightly different topic. Let's get back to the football field. As much as I love Nick Bolton, and God knows I love Nick Bolton. I love the Missouri Tigers and the Kansas City Chiefs, so that's an obvious one. But I've seen a lot of Missouri fans and even some really credible, prominent beat writers out there saying that Nick Bolton was about this close to winning Super Bowl MVP. Well, you know what? I can't go that far, and I want to explain why after these quick words. On yesterday's program, I went on a rant about how ridiculous and meaningless I find Coach of the, War- Coach of the Year awards to be throughout the sports world. And I got to say, I'm also becoming more and more fascinated by how people vote on the MVP awards, especially in just the single game MVP awards, like the Super Bowl MVP or the NBA Finals MVP. But in particular, Super Bowl in this case, and yes, I know it's been about a month since my Kansas City Chiefs took down a Super Bowl title, but still a lot of title, uh, some talk from Missouri fans that, man, if, if Nick Bolton, he got that first defensive touchdown and nearly got a second touchdown. In fact, picked up the ball and ran into the end zone, called a touchdown the field before it was overturned. The pass was ruled an incompletion, not a fumble. So, I mean, if that Eagles receiver takes certainly another step, maybe even a half a step, whatever they call a football move, something like that. Indeed, Bolton was about this close to scoring two defensive touchdowns in a Super Bowl. I don't know that anybody has ever done that. I'm not going to bother looking it up because even if it's been done once, well, still, that's such an incredibly rare feat that not a, that doesn't happen really ever, much less on the grandest stage of all of football. So I see where people's heads are going there, but the problem is those two touchdowns, even if the second one is held up, well, to be perfectly frank, Nick Bolton was just Johnny on the spot. He was in the right place at the right time to pick up those two footballs. And by the way, good job picking it up and running it into the end zone. I'll give you credit. But he wasn't the guy who made the play on either one of those. He didn't actually force the fumble. You see, the guy who forces the fumble, he's the one who really deserves the credit, not the guy who just happens to be standing there and picking up the ball. Again, this isn't anything against Nick Bolton. I was going absolutely insane when he scored that first touchdown. I was loving every second of that. That's one of the most exciting plays I've ever seen as a sports fan. And I certainly love seeing Nick Bolton throw out the M-I-Z after, I should say, during the Chiefs Super Bowl parade, during their celebration. But 
just this whole thing of, well, if he gets a couple touchdowns and you got to give it to him, that's just silly to me in a game where Patrick Mahomes, the best football player on the planet, was basically perfect in that game. Tell me one thing he did wrong in that ball game. He was even playing, you know, on that bad ankle that he ended up tweaking again at the end of the first half. If you don't give it to him, I got to question your overall view of what's important in this game. No offense, Mizzou fans, and certainly no offense out there to Nick Bolton. But you know what? Thanks again for joining me here on Locked On Mizzou, and be sure to check out the Locked On newsletter. Once again, it's going to give you everything you want, nothing you don't, customizable to your local preferences, as you expect here at Locked On. So go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash newsletters to check it out. So until next time, I'm going to do that 17-18 thing. We're going to break down the end of that season as a little reminder. We'll do that next time right here. I'm locked on Mizzou.